You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Inside Purple and Gold. All right, back with Inside Purple and Gold. Uh, Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani. Talking Minnesota Vikings defense. Uh, and we're going to wrap up today doing that with our purple prop party. Uh, we're going to look at the props. We did this for the offense on Tuesday's episode. Go back and listen to that if you're interested. Now we've got a ton of them on the defensive side of the ball. Now it's, I would say these are less predictive. Um, it's so much easier to mm-hmm. base numbers like, oh, how many receptions, yards, touchdowns is Justin Jefferson going to score? Like there are certain ones on here where it's like, okay, I think the number of sacks Daniel Hunter has can be an indicator for the type of season he had but frankly like how many pressures he had is is a good thing and how many times he got home or maybe like he ran somebody into a sack for somebody else right um, you know like you can have a great play and not get a sack frankly and then like <laughs> there are other ones interceptions tackles like you're just guessing <laughs> it's it's guessing but we're gonna do it for fun anyway uh let's just start harrison smith interceptions the only viking listed these are all from the DraftKings sportsbook the only Viking listed four interceptions, two and a half. Dane, go ahead and take your absolutely my random sh- guess on Harrison Smith. Interception. My shot in the dark on Harrison Smith. I, I think these are funny because they're not like at all nearly as fun as the defense, right? Or I mean, as the, the offense. offense like, right. It's fun to be like, okay, is Justin Jefferson going to reach fourteen hundred yards? I think he will. Whatever you're like. Right now, we're asking: Is Harrison Smith going to have? two and a half interceptions. Like that's two plays, three plays maybe throughout the year. I'm going to go ahead and say he doesn't. I'm just guessing he he's, he's, he had one last year and he's declined in his career. I, I could see also that the Vikings have been trying to kind of work in three safeties. I could see his playing time decreasing a little bit. I could see them sometimes going with Lewis seen and Cam Bynum, you know, as a two safety look or, three safeties on the field, meaning less opportunities for Harrison Smith. He, he, he's a ball hawk and he has been throughout his career. I just think like, as time progresses, the ball doesn't always follow you. Like it used to two and a half. Like I said, just a guess, but I'll, I'll take the under on that. Yeah. It's, it's a number. Like it's a good number because you know, half of his years, it seems like he ends up with three. Right. Um, so like it's, it's generally in that ballpark. Um, if he plays, 15 games he's gonna finish with like two or three um, so i'll take the under as well um you know just because a guy who is you know an aging player and you know like he's last year he had one so i and that's what we'll go without the indicator like i do think generally if the pass rush improves it shouldn't be more interceptions for everyone um because you know more pressured hurried throws more mistakes where frankly that none of that existed last year in minnesota uh it was kind of sit and wait and and let the secondary get diced up. So that could be the only thing where maybe Minnesota's interception number jumps in general. Uh, but I'll take under for Harrison Smith as well. And and the fact that Minnesota does have two young safeties 
does mm-hmm. sort of play into that. All right, Sachs, this one is at least more interesting. Yeah. Let's go with Daniil Hunter first. Over under 11 and a quarter sacks. I'm taking the over. He had six last year in seven games, and I think he had three against Arizona by himself. Dominated when, Arizona when he game. dominated Kyler Murray. So th- you're betting on health. That's all you're betting on right now at this point with Daniel Hunter. If he's healthy, if he plays, if he plays even three fourths of the games, I, I think he probably gets to to twelve to eleven and a half. I guess would be because you're the line is eleven point two five. So you, if he gets eleven and a half, you win. I think if he stays healthy, healthy, and I'm assuming like this injury luck, I maybe it turns at some point because the last two years it's definitely gone against him. If he can stay on the field, he's going to hit that number. I would say pretty easily. Um, I think there's games where he's going to look like he did against Arizona last year. Like pick a pick a game on the matchup or on the schedule, and, and there's probably a game that you can point to like Daniel Hunter is going to dominate this game or. It just seems like every time, he, every year he's been in the league, he's had a game or two per season where he just looks like the best player alive. Um, I think that still exists. I think that's still in him. Um, if he plays enough games, he's going to hit 11.25 over easy. Yeah, I mean, this is the guy who's just turning 28 in October. So aside from the injuries, like he's still theoretically, you know, in the prime of his career. Um, mm-hmm. And from 2016 to 2019, he cleared this number. <clears throat> three times out of four. And that includes a 14 and a half sack season, uh, two 14 and a half sack seasons in 2018 and 2019. So I'm with you. Um, I think he probably has to play like 14 games uh, to clear this number. And, and maybe that's no sure thing given the last two years for him, but I'm not betting against a guy doing that. I do think even, you know, maybe coming from the stand-up position, we've seen guys thrive in that. We've seen their volumes of sacks increase and, and having Zadarius Smith on the other side should help as well. So I think a, a few factors are working for Daniel Hunter to have a monster season, and, and I would bet on him having that. And it doesn't even take a monster season, frankly, for him to clear this number. Totally Similar number on the other side of the line, uh, Zadarius <clears throat> Smith checking in at 10 and a quarter. Uh, do you, mm-hmm. So the lines made the expectations a little bit lower, but still a double-digit line here. Dane, are you going over for Smith as well? I think I'm going to go under on Smith. And I yeah. kind of went back and forth on this one. Like, because I went over on Hunter, I think that there's also just like kind of only a small, like a limited amount of sacks to go around. I, I'm not saying Hunt, I don't think if Hunter plays the whole season, I don't think he just barely hits the over. Like, I think he might be looking at 15, 16 sacks, you know? And and inherently that takes away from Zadarius Smith's net sacks. I think he's going to be extremely effective. I think they're going to help out each other. I just think like double two guys getting double digit sacks when one of the guys like Daniel Hunter has, has such a high upside. It, it's going to take away from, from maybe Zadarius Smith's production from a sack standpoint. He's also only hit double digit sacks twice in his career. Right. Didn't soar um, over it either. Yeah. Right. I think it was, it was, yeah, I got it right here. 13 and a half with green Bay in 19, 12 and a half with green Bay in 20. It feels like like six of those were against Minnesota who doesn't get to play against anymore. Right. So he's looked really dominant in practice, uh, but he's looked dominant in practice against like Darisaw. So Minnesota. Yeah. This guy was like Minnesota. So I I just think like there's reason to believe that number can be lower than, than 10. And if it isn't like, if it isn't above 10, if he doesn't clear that number, it certainly does not mean he had a bad season. Like he, he can be super effective 
without getting home for 10 sacks for 11 sacks. I think he's under, but I, I think if he stays healthy, I think those two are just going to be, you know, band-aids that can fix a lot of the, the Minnesota problems. It's one of those where for sure, if he played 17, I'd say, yep, he'll get there. Um, I think if he plays 14, I'm sweating it really hard. And that's why I'm taking the under two. I thought maybe we'd be different on this one, but yeah, like, I mean, this, he played 16 when he had 13 and a half and 16 when you had 12 and a half and he's been a great pressure guy. You know, the sack numbers aren't astronomical, but also like, you know, this, this month here before, before that green Bay game, he's going to turn 30, not to say he slowed down at all. As you said, he's dominated camp. Um, but you know, 10 and a quarter, like that is an, some things have to go right number. Um, so I mm-hmm. guess if I was just putting my money down and I had to, I would go under because I think there are more outcomes where he doesn't get there than where he does. But I do think that's a really good line for Zadarius Smith anyway, because if everything goes right, he is going to beat it. If a couple things go wrong, it, it really comes into question. All right. This one is another kind of random one. <laughs> Eric Kendricks, 125 and a half total tackles, <laughs> solo and assist. Dane, break it down. And I want real analysis just, here. Uh, my real analysis, he was 143 last year combined tackles, and he, and he didn't play very well. Like, I think, like, a lot of people who can dig into Eric Kendrick's season last year, like, would say he, he wasn't at the top of his game, even though he had 143 tackles, right? So I think tackles are an overrated stat. Like, it's just if the ball's there. A lot of times yeah. he was making those tackles because it was at the second level because the, the run defense was so porous that he when was having def- to make these tackles. When this defense was better, he was, and frankly, every other number in his career, he was floating around 110. And that can be with one less game, uh, you know, 16 versus 17 game schedule. But he sat at like 110 every other year of his career. Right. And then when the defense was good, correct. Exactly. I think at its peak, Eric Kendrick should not have 143 tackles. Right. But we think the defense might stink this year. So what do you think? uh, I I think he's under 125 and a half. I I think he is. It, It just seems like, like 143 was such an outlier in his, in his career too. And again, like a lot of that is because he's having to make a lot of these tackles, eight yards downfield, 11 yards downfield after the running back breaks loose, you know, through, through the porous line up front. But before this year, he was never above one, 113. And he, like you said, he's always sat in the 110 range. Um, so to just give him 15 more tackles than his average throughout the year, like, I guess it could hit, but I just think the smart money here would be to go under um, and just assume they're going to be a little bit improved pass rush. They're going to be a little bit improved with Harrison Phillips clogging the holes up front. And Jordan Hicks is going to be there as well. So you're not going to have Eric Kendricks just running around sideline to sideline, having to make up for all of his defensive warts. I feel like the three, four scheme might, might force more tackles for Kendricks this year. Um, Along with the fact that I don't think this defense is going to be very good again. So I'm going to take the over. I'm going to say Kendricks finishes around like 130. Not confident in that at all. I don't know how confident you are (laughs) in yours, frankly, either. But um, that's where I'm going. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
fun to disagree too. Like it's fun to to look back on these and be like, all right, we we were we were opposite on this. So I think we were opposite on all of Adam Thielen's, and we're opposite on Eric Kendrick's tackles. <laughs> yeah, we had to be different in something. Okay, let's get into. Oh, a couple quick ones. We won't dive too deep into these, but these are like future bets here. So we're looking at, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 to one bets where the Vikings are included in like league wide things. Most sacks in the NFL this year. Daniel Hunter is 20 to one to lead the NFL in sacks. Zadarius Smith is 30 to one to lead the NFL in sacks. Do you like either number? Um, I like, I like Hunter's more than Smith's. Um, but no, I, I, I probably wouldn't bet either of these. TJ Watt led the league last year with 22 and a half sacks. Right. I, I, I just don't think Daniel Hunter is getting in the upwards of 20. You essentially need to, to record 20 sacks to lead the league, at least 20 sacks to lead the league in sacks. And I don't think he's there. I, I you know, I think he's, I think he's going to be really, really good if he stays on the field. I'm just not sure he's, he's getting to that number. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. There's a reason why it's 20 to one. It's a, it's a long shot for sure. Um, it's like picking a picking the OK team to win the Super Bowl comes out at like 20 to one. It's probably not going right. to happen. That's why Hunter's at that number. I do think, OK, new scheme. Um, another guy on the other side who prevents all of the attention being put on you. Like that's his path to that number to like an 18, right. 19, 20 sack season. So it is possible. So that's why I think it'd be worthy of like a wager. But I don't see Zadarius Smith getting there. Defensive player of the year. These are mostly just interesting to throw out. Daniel Hunter, 30 to 1. Zadarius, Her- Zadarius Smith, 60 to 1. Eric Kendricks, 100 to 1. Harrison Smith, 250 to 1. Any just thoughts on just the number? Not whether you like it, but just like, do you understand the number for the guys? I understand the number because it's easier to be like, I think you have to have like moments at times to be a defensive player of the year. And like production obviously matters, but I think there's like narrative driven moments like, oh man, this guy did it again. Like here he is. And I think like Hunter and Smith having the highest or the best odds makes sense because there might be a game where Hunter has three or four sacks and you're like, wow, like he is a defensive player of the year candidate. There could be a game where Zadarius Smith has two strip strip sacks and then, you know, maybe a fumble recovery. Like it's, it's easy to envision those things with these edge rushers. So it makes sense that their odds are better. Kendrick's like at a hundred to one. I don't know. I think you'd have to have like eight picks for me to even think of a linebacker as, as a defensive player of the year. And, and Harrison Smith at two fifty to, to one, that just seems like a lifetime achievement award. Like we'll just yeah. throw you on there because you're on the Vikings and you're old. 250 um, to one means you're not going to win it. Everybody knows you're not going to win it. So uh, they make sense to me. I like, again, I wouldn't bet any of them, but like the way they're laid out, um, I, I can understand at least why they, they're slotted in the way they are. Just, just so people know defensive rookie of the year odds, Andrew Booth jr. At 25 to one Lewis seen at 35 to one. I want to finish with this though, Dane Harrison Smith. How much good football do you think he has left? I think two years maybe. And like yeah. good football, doesn't mean like all pro level safety play anymore. I think good football means a serviceable player on the back end that can really help your guys get to the next level. And your younger guys kind of reach a level from, are they ready to play to they can take over when Harrison Smith leaves the room right now, Cam Bynum and and Lewis seen very well could be the room that exists after Harrison Smith leaves. 
So I think Harrison Smith has two good years of being like a serviceable player in the league that you can be like, okay, he is still better than both of those guys. Um, but I think at the same time, you need him to be bringing those two guys along too to kind of have life after him. Two years of solid play left. He's still a good player. Um, so when when we're taking what maybe sound like shots at Harrison Smith. We're not saying he's going to be a bad player this year. We're just saying he's not what he once was because what he once was, was one of the best players in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball. He's no longer that. And that's okay. Okay. I lied. Uh, So Patrick Peterson, not on here. He used to always be on like a defensive player of the year list, like as an option. Do you think at this point in his career, he should still be a number one cornerback in the NFL? No, I do not. I think that is emblematic of the Vikings secondary struggles. I think Patrick Peterson, is awesome for a room. And I think he'd be perfect in a a number two role. I think asking him to be like a shutdown safety on one side of the ball is asking too much of him. It's a little unfair to him. I don't think he'd ever back down from the challenge, just talking to him. So I don't think he'd ever be like, well, I can't be a number one. I'm, I'm, I'm up there in age. I'm on the back end of my career. I'm on the back nine. Like he's going to take that challenge, but I think you're putting yourself as a team and him as a player and in a, Maybe no win situation when you're saying, all right, Patrick Peterson, time to go defend Mike Evans today. Or, you know, all right, Patrick Peterson, like this was last year, but you got Devontae Adams and then like that's your assignment today. Like I think you put yourself and him in a, in a bad situation asking him to be the best corner on your team. Yeah, a lot of questions with this defense, like we've said, like there are possibilities, there are paths um, where if everything felt just right, it could be a decent unit. <laughs> But there are probably more paths to where it's a, a unit that is again dragging down this entire team, um, and and I think that's kind of the thing where we're there are only like two or three known commodities. Um, that's you know that's a question mark heading into the season. And so as much as we want to talk about the offense, as much as we want to talk about what Kevin O'Connell can do on that side of the ball, as much as we want to talk about Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, this side's probably going to be much more emblematic of like their success is going to be emblematic of the team's success. They are going to mirror one another. Frankly, last year was one of the worst units in football. That's why this team missed the playoffs. We'll see what happens next time here as we get the season rolling. Um, All right. We three episodes away now. Uh, That's, that's pretty insane uh, to the start of the regular season. I can't wait. Dane can't wait. Hopefully you can't wait. Um, catch everything. Catch all of our preview action. We're going to preview the pre- the Green Bay game next week. We're going to get into what looks like success for Minnesota. Um, what should be considered successful for Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell in year one, the, the team. Like, How should we be gauging this franchise and, and what it should look like this year and then how that should determine how it looks moving forward. We're going to have a special guest on this weekend's podcast um, that, that we'll wait to unveil, I guess. So a lot coming in. And if you want to make sure you're catching all of it, if you want to hear all of it, um, subscribe, follow, make sure that everything is coming up on your podcast platform, going right to your phone. So it's ready to listen on demand, uh, for Dane Mizutani, Chase Frederick. This has been inside purple and gold. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.